नमो तसा भगवतो अरहतो सम्मा संबुदसा नमो तसा भगवतो अरहतो सम्मा संबुदसा नमो तसा भगवतो अरहतो सम्मा संबुदसा अनिच्छावता संकरा उपादवायधमिनो उपाजितवानिरुजन्ति ते संबुपसमोसुको So this is um, the first time uh, I'm here uh, giving a talk in the temple. So in case my mind goes completely blank and there's long periods of silence, then I suppose I would uh, ask you to imagine this to be a meditation workshop and then just stay stay with... uh, the breath, the meditation, bring, allowing the mind to come back to the present moment. So with uh, so many uh, recent um, deaths, uh, people who have passed away, um, George Sharp, uh, who whose funeral we will uh, have soon, uh, Janja Saro's mother, various other long-term supporters of the monastery, uh, the, one of the, and also one of the themes uh, I've been contemplating is uh, impermanence, or this, uh, the fragility of this, uh, this human existence, uh, how uh, um, you know this this body. It's uh, if we consider compared to uh, almost everything else we see around us, how how fragile it is, how delicate, and yet we assume we live our lives as if uh, it is something that will last forever. So then there's the the five subjects for frequent recollection, which are uh, often chant in the the, uh, pujas. So there's uh, that uh, one is uh, considering the fact of aging, the fact of sickness, the fact of death, the fact that... uh, Everything that is beloved, pleasing, uh, you know, will become uh, separated from me, will become otherwise. And then considering uh, that whatever action we may do, uh, then that that becomes uh, our dwelling place. Uh, if we do good action, then that leads to a good result. If we do uh, bad action or actions that cause harm to oneself and others, that leads leads to a, a bad result. So then, when one first hears about these uh, these contemplations, um, then one can easily think 
think them to be depressing or a feeling of why, why, why does one need to think about these things? Uh, is it not unpleasant enough without think, bringing these, these thoughts to mind? Uh, the thoughts of uh, aging, uh, illness, uh, death, uh, etc. But then if one, one contemplates uh, uh, in, in a light, it's, it's more, more, more about putting these, these thoughts uh, into, into consciousness, into one's mind, and then observing what is the result that arises based on those thoughts. And then one can consider the purpose. Uh, purpose is not to ma uh, make the mind depressed, uh, but rather, uh, rather to bring to mind the preciousness of what we have in, in the present because we can so easily take these things for granted. The Buddha talked about the three conceits uh, or intoxications. So the conceit of youth, or the conceit of health, or the conceit of uh, life, uh, or being intoxicated with youth, being intoxicated with health, being intoxicated with life, and then based on that intoxication uh, or conceit, one can do actions that cause harm to oneself and others, uh, and hence lead lead to uh, um, negative uh, results for oneself. So if one if one brings these these realities uh, just by existing, just by having been born into this human form, these are these are the realities uh, that uh, one cannot change. One cannot wish uh, if something is subject to aging. One cannot wish. Oh, may it not age if something is subject. To illness, one cannot wish. Uh, just by wishing, one cannot make it uh, take away the possibility of illness. If something is subject to death, just by wishing, one cannot make it uh, not subject to death. So then, by bringing bringing these thoughts to mind, then one can consider. How how is it that I am using this life, uh, and you know whatever this life may be, we do not uh, we assume we know what what it is to be alive. But if we try to look more closely, uh, we can we can see that we in fact don't know. It's something very strange. Just by thinking about it, I can move this hand up and down, and yet it's the same material as uh, the other material objects, this body. 
and yet I can't move this uh, other objects around just by thinking about them. And then if we uh, if we bring uh, the that mind mindfulness of impermanence, mindfulness of death uh, to mind, then one can observe observe the result. What is it that arises? And one thing that can arise is a a sort of uh, contemplation that. How is it that we are living our lives? Uh, what what is it that we give importance to? What is it that we value? Because these things we can, if we do not consider the reality of impermanence, then we can uh, we can take take. Uh, seek uh, seek satisfaction, seek uh, happiness in uh, in things that are inherently unsatisfactory, inherently impermanent. And then one can also start to consider the, the preciousness of what we have in this present moment and then the choice we have in each moment, how, how does one live, live one's life in this moment, what action through body, speech or mind does one give uh, emphasis to, does one put one's effort uh, into doing what what are the uh, what are the things in our lives which we wish to give importance to at the start of the talk i chanted the the verse that is uh, traditionally chanted uh, at funerals so anicca, vata, sankara, uh, all conditioned things are impermanent. Upadavaya, dhammino, having arisen, they pass away. Upadava, this, uh, and then uh, as they as they pass pass away, and then in that passing away is uh, a peace or or. A happiness. So that that can sound very strange when one first hears it. How how is it that uh, in noticing impermanence, how does that lead to happiness? Today I was talking to someone and they were saying they had listened to a talk from one of the Ajans in Amapjan, and they were saying, the Ajan was saying uh, that if one really con- contemplates impermanence, it's uh, if sadness arises, then one is not uh, uh, really contemplating impermanence. 
because uh, it's rather a, a joyfulness that arises if one uh, if one uh, really contemplates impermanence. Uh, ordinarily, we can take uh, uh, seek happiness in various experiences, various uh, uh, things uh, things we may feel, things we may uh, taste, touch, smell. Uh, and a whole, a whole range of other experiences. But then, uh, if we notice that uh, that upon which we have based our happiness, uh, that is impermanent, then there can be a sort of disenchantment, a sort of uh, awakening, or noticing that uh, this, uh, th- that which we uh, give responsibility of our happiness to that is uh, unreliable and then if one notices that then there can be that dispassion that uh, a sort of disillusionment uh, with seeking happiness uh, in, in, in that object in that uh, changeable, un, uh, unconstant object. And then there could be that sort of relief, uh, relief or, or set, uh, sort of letting go uh, of uh, a certain uh, not needing to seek, uh, seek uh, happiness in those various uh, unreliable objects. And a, a sort of deeper peacefulness can arise. So then in uh, one of the ways uh, in contemplating imp- uh, anicca or impermanence, uh, the Buddha talked about the, the, four, uh, the five khandhas or five aggregates. So these are just uh, general, uh, general groups or categories one can divide one's experience into. Uh, ordinary experience, uh, just walking from here to there, uh, doing something. Uh, so the f- the five uh, f- the f- form or zupa, uh, the physical form, body, uh, material objects, but in in terms of the kandas, uh, the the body. Then uh, f- f- vedana or feeling. So f- not feeling in the sense of emotions, but rather a more like a, a sensation. So pleasant feeling, uh, unpleasant feeling, neutral feeling. Uh, and then sanya or perception. So that some people translate it as a memory. So that which, uh, that within, within experience which recognizes uh, something we perceive. So some, uh, I can recognize this as a glass and then as some water and with something I can drink. Or I recognizing this as a clock. Uh, so, something automatically uh, does that, so that, that uh, perception. And then uh, there's a sankhara or uh, mental formations or 
this can include a sort of variety of uh, things that have arisen based on causes and conditions so things like uh, emotions thoughts moods uh, that that whole area of uh, of experience and then the final one is a, a consciousness uh, so that um, i conscious sense consciousness i consciousness uh, uh, ear sound uh, consciousness of sounds uh, that that which knows the object of these these uh, six senses and then one can so usually usually what we do is uh, uh, the tendency of the mind is to take take uh, these these five uh, these five groups these five aggregates and then create a sense of self around them we take them as a permanent uh, we take them as something that inherently brings happiness satisfaction and then the buddha used a simile of uh, someone who who is unable to see and then someone else comes to them and gives them a dirty cloth and uh, sort of old ragged dirty unwashed cloth and then says to them oh this is a new beautiful cloth and then the person who cannot see they they take this cloth and feel uh, attachment to it and wear it, wear it. Uh, but then uh, then they might, uh, they go to a, a doctor or, or someone uh, and then they are able to cure cure their eyesight so then as as they open their eyes then they can see that this cloth is uh, in fact uh, very dirty and not not very attractive so then in the sutta i think the buddha uh, compares that to the five aggregates so ordinarily for the mind the unenlightened mind that doesn't see see the five aggregates as they are in a sense is taken in by the lie that these are beautiful these are uh, these can provide lasting satisfaction and then we uh, one creates a sort of image of a self uh, around it and then Uh, that leads to various various kinds of suffering so then in in one's uh, one's ordinary life one can uh, bring these uh, five aggregates to mind and consider how in this present experience uh, are these uh, these manifesting um this this body how how is it that one takes it to be myself if one hurts oneself or gets a, a sort of a small injury or if there's pain uh, uh, how how is it that uh, that experience uh, manifests uh, we can how uh, can we how do we habitually take this body uh, as myself and then uh, but then with the contemplation of our old age sickness and death 
we can uh, uh, bring to mind if this body really belonged to us then we could say to this body okay uh, be like this or be like that but if we if we notice the body follows its own laws though it follows the laws of nature uh, if there is illness then the body responds uh, in in a way of uh, illness if there is pain the body uh, body is uncomfortable uh, as as the body ages uh, it becomes less capable of of doing things and then uh, one can bring to mind uh, similarly with feelings uh, if there's pleasant pleasant feelings and then one attaches to that uh, that pleasant uh, one allows one's happiness to be determined by that pleasant feeling lasting uh, forever then when that pleasant feeling inevitably goes away then there can be that suffering or that uh, wishing wishing for it to be otherwise and then uh, one can uh, contemplate with perception how Um, how how might uh, that which we perceive uh, determine uh, determine happiness or suffering? By by taking how we perceive the world to be uh, reality. then in in case of a perception is mistaken then uh, that that leads leads to suffering so in a sense one can one can experiment one can sort of uh, bring bring to mind these uh, these five aggregates and try and see how they might manifest in one's experience and then how one might be Uh, creating a sort of image of a self uh, around those based based on those uh, those five aggregates. and then talking talking about uh, the mind mindfulness of death uh, ajamalo often mentions this uh, sutta of where the buddha is asking various uh, various monks of uh, how how they contemplate how they practice mindfulness of death and then one of them says uh, he practices or uh, thinks of Uh, death uh, just just for this day uh, that he's uh, it's not certain uh, if uh, he will uh, at the end of this day he will still be alive and then it gets sort of shorter and shorter until one of them uh, says that uh, just being uh, certain of this uh, breathing in and then 
breathing out. So that just that in-breath or that out-breath, just being certain of being alive just for, just for that time. And then, then the Buddha uh, um, so praises, praises that as, as a sort of um, real practice of mindfulness of death, that sort of cultivation of the, that awareness of impermanence in one's ordinary life. Imagine if one was able to do that just, just for a day, just for, uh, then how, how would we relate to whatever we may experience? How would we relate to those people uh, we meet, those people we may care about, uh, especially people we may care about, we can easily uh, start to take them for granted and then uh, forget that they too are uh, beings uh, subject to suffering. But if one was able to cultivate a sort of awareness, a sense of uh, impermanence, then each encounter uh, would become much more meaningful, much more, we would, one would put much more care into uh, how, how we, uh, how we uh, interact, our acts, our actions uh, through body, speech and mind. And then that sense of uh, uh, the eth uh, ethics or <coughs> uh, ethics or sila, uh, not in a sense of a moralism of oh I must be good or I must be pure but rather a recognition or a choice, something one chooses in each moment uh, to not do action that to body, speech and mind, which might cause harm to oneself or others. Uh, Ajahn Chah said something like, uh, people say they want happiness, but they do not do the, uh, but they keep doing the actions that bring suffering. And people say they don't want suffering, um, but uh, they uh, they don't do the actions that bring uh, happiness. And there's one of the suttas that says something uh, similar. I cannot remember exactly, but uh, something like uh, if uh, uh, someone says that they are. Uh, dear to themselves and they do actions that cause harm to oneself or others uh, then they they are uh, they are acting as an enemy acts towards another enemy uh, and uh, but but if someone doesn't uh, doesn't do actions that causes harm to oneself or others then uh, they are they are uh, acting uh, like a, uh, someone, a dear one, uh, would act to another, a dear one.
and then uh, sila also one can one can think of it uh, in terms of uh, uh, it being uh, like like a gift a gift uh, that one gives uh, to all sentient beings a gift of fearlessness so by uh, by by doing by not choosing not to do actions that cause harm to oneself or others uh, it's a uh, beings that one encounters they can feel uh, safe they do not need to fear that uh, this uh, that we will harm them in some way or uh, take something away from them and then there can be that that sense of uh, safety and the extent to which we are able to do that for other beings then that also comes back to us uh, that we too uh, experience that sense of safety that sense of uh, well-being that sense of fearlessness uh, it's a sort of gift of a trustworthy person uh, gift to our environment And then regarding regarding the the five khandas and contemplating them as uh, impermanent, as suffering, uh, as as not non not self. Uh, in uh, the Buddha recommended doing this again and again. And then in one of the suttas, he goes through. Uh, who who are the people who should do this contemplation? So then he starts off with uh, just uh, someone who is uh, unenlightened, and then uh, he goes to uh, stream entry, once returner, non-returner, and then he suggests that uh, all these uh, all these beings, it's beneficial for them to cons uh, to um, write. Uh, rightly um, contemplate uh, the, the five five khandas and then even even for an other hand uh, he, he recommends uh, uh, contemplating the five khandas in this way uh, because uh, I think he says something like that leads to a pleasant abiding here and now and uh, the arising of sati sampajanya so not only for uh, those who are unenlightened, but even even for an other hand. And then if in real life we encounter these uh, these realities of old age, sickness and death, 
obviously just thinking about it or contemplating them uh, is not the same as when we uh, encounter them in real life. So then also to uh, relate to these things with uh, uh, from the point of view of uh, compassion, compassion for, for oneself and then uh, then if one if one notices uh, that uh, it is it is not not leading uh, to a sort of peacefulness a sort of disenchantment uh, and uh, one is getting um, the, the mind mind is uh, get, getting uh, caught up in, in a sort of negative mind state then one one can uh, one can sort of bring bring to mind other contemplations contemplations of one's own goodness contemplations of metta uh, contemplations of compassion so it's uh, obviously one, uh, gradually learning to trust oneself in terms of what one's particular needs may be. But um, uh, especially recently uh, I found uh, this contemplation of uh, impermanence uh, very helpful. So then I, I thought I would uh, just uh, speak a little uh, about that. So I think for the moment that's what comes to mind. So I, I wish you well uh, in your practice and uh, thank you. Mm-hmm.